Thank you for joining Circle Optics 360 Pulse. I am your host, Jennifer Sertle, Director of Marketing at Circle Optics. 360-degree imaging is part of everyday life. Circle Optics technology is being designed to accelerate the delivery of life-saving resources, ensure aerospace safety, and enhance surveillance capabilities. This podcast, 360 Pulse, is dedicated to featuring immersive technology and innovators working on these capabilities. Our guest today is Dr. Chabel Rizik, founder, CEO, and CTO of Oculi, who spearheads the groundbreaking commercialization of a novel artificial vision architecture blending biological efficiency with machine speed. Rizik's collaboration ethos extends across academia, industry, and government sectors, showcasing effective technical leadership and mentorship. Complemented by key contributions at aerospace entities like Rockwell Aerospace, McDonnell, Douglas, and Boeing. We are so grateful to have uh, Charbel here as our guest on Circle Optics 360 Pulse. A luminary in the signal processing, machine vision, robotics, and system engineering, he fostered innovation R&D models resulting in pioneering concepts and technologies. Dr. Rizik's collaborative ethos extends across academia, industry, and government sectors, showcasing effective technological leadership and mentorship. In addition, all of these things, he's an esteemed member of IEEE, AIAA, AUVSI, and OSA. His legacy remains synonymous with innovation, strategic foresight, and impactful contributions in cutting-edge technologies. In addition, illuminate the world's largest optics and photonics accelerator, his team actually won the $1 million prize. And that's a connection with Circle Optics because we were part of cohort number two. And so I'm so excited that we have that in common. Can you just go ahead and share a little bit about what you learned from the Luminate experience? Yes. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm glad to be here. Uh, the Luminate experience was probably, you all will agree with me as well. It was a, really a very good experience. I recommend to any startup that is in the space to certainly apply. It's uh, It's been uh, a great experience all around. And um, it um, not only does it provide really a lot of the important ingredients and elements of helping an early stage startup, um, the team did a wonderful job uh, besides being, you know, great people themselves, uh, ex- you know, introducing us to the Rochester area. So, that was a, a win-win also for the region because I was actively looking for a new home for the company, and and uh, they sold me on that uh, area, you know, early on in the program. I didn't tell them that until I won the million-dollar program, but uh, the, the prize, but uh, it was good. So uh, my famous line has become: my only regret is not participating uh, a couple of years earlier. That's that's really great to hear. And we we welcome you to the community and I want to do everything we can to help support your growth here. And also those great connections in Florida, um, you know, and a little bit down south. So I think I think being able to have that ecosystem expand through your relationship is really wonderful. Let's jump into your actual work. Um, Your work fuses biological efficiency and machine speed. Um, can you elaborate on the pivotal inspirations uh, for these breakthrough moments that allowed you to kind of get the vision for Oculi? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, I always look back when when we eventually realize we have something that is, uh, you know, innovative or potentially uh, innovative. I always try to look back and, and, and review, you know, the lessons learned to see if there is kind of a eureka moment, right? And it actually, there isn't one. Uh, you know, it, it things happen over time, and it really involves a lot of 
events, a lot of people, a lot of discussions. You know, people who claim that they woke up one night and and then you know they had this whole you know. Uh, I don't think they're real, you know. I mean, you sometimes you wake up one night and you have a spark, right? But in order to turn a spark into something big, it really requires a, a team effort and 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 a lot of iterations. So that's literally what happened in our case. We weren't the first to think about adding smarts to the sensor itself, right? Uh, you know, in fact, when I first proposed the concept to DARPA, they kicked me out of the the door because they said we have already invested billions of dollars of similar concepts that got nowhere. So I had to really go over a, a major hurdle early on, right, of explaining why, you know, we are going to be different than everybody else, right? And 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 so uh, so that's, you know, what we ended up uh, doing. The um, what, set, what set us really apart, and today I believe the data points in the, in the market are proving that we did converge to something that was uh, very, you know, potentially innovative, is that we approached it from a system perspective. That's really uh, how I have developed technology all my life. I was never a, a, a someone who liked to be pigeonholed in a particular technology or a particular research area. I was always someone who liked to develop systems and, um, and in particular, smart and autonomous mobile systems. Uh, so when when I looked at computer vision and machine vision from that perspective, I ended up driving uh, in the direction of what we have now, which is, you know, machines move, you know, uh, faster than humans. You know, computers process things faster than the human brain, but yet uh, machine vision or computer vision remain very slow compared to a human uh, perception and human vision, right? And, and that's something we recognized years ago and we said, okay, well, how do we solve that problem, uh, you know, um, in a good way? So I laid out really a more of a, a requirement on, on myself and the team that said, look, we want machine vision to be efficient and we have human vision as a comparison of efficiency, right? And we want it to be fast, right? And we have obviously um, at the time, you know, I was doing mostly defense work you know, a missile is an autonomous uh, system and it moves very fast, but it has no way uh, of doing anything in the visual domain at the speed that it moves, right? And so we had the requirements of efficiency because a missile can only carry so much weight, so much power and, and limited on size, but it moves very fast, right? So it was the, it, the, the really the, 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 the strongest or the, the hardest requirements to meet, right? You want to be fast, you want to be small, you want to be uh, low power. And and that's really what drove us towards the, the Akali technology. It, it was, uh, like I said, it was uh, an iterative process where uh, you had moments of of good ideas, but many, many moments of, of not so good ideas. Well, you know, for m most of our listeners are startups, um, and we're hoping to do more and more deep tech just because I don't think there's enough programming for that. But um, for all of you out there, if you hear that you are coming across resistance, it means that you actually have a breakthrough, right? <laughs> it seems like the more resistance you have, the more you're actually probably on to something there. Um, I think you, except, you can, if you're, except if you're violating physics or science, that, then, the, then, then you should stop. 
You know, I love that you brought that up because one of the reasons Zach was able to create um, the 360 camera system that he did is he went back to the physics. He went to physics first rather than other people's interpretation of the physics. So um, be prepared for resistance and do make sure that you're doing physics first. Are we okay with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I, I think what I agree with you that the resistance you face in the world is proportional to how disruptive you, you the idea is. The, the, that 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 is guaranteed. If you're trying to make a big change in the world, you got you need to expect a lot of resistance. Okay. So, well, that kind of, I'm going to um, leap forward a little bit to cross-domain collaborations because that's one of the things that I think you've done incredibly well. You've collaborated across various sectors, including academia, industry, and, and government labs. Um, how do you believe these diverse collaborations impact the innovation process? And what advice do you offer those seeking successful interdisciplinary collaboration? Well, I, I, you know the famous line: "It takes a village to do something," right? Uh, uh, and it, it, the equivalent to that really is: it takes a team, uh, a, a well-balanced uh, team, to do real innovation. Okay, and I can guarantee you, uh, even though I've earned the uh, the innovator title multiple times, in fact, most of my adult life, even in my younger years, um, uh, I've always known that uh, nobody has a monopoly on on good ideas. There are some individuals that uh, uh, spark, you know, good thinking, good, you know, good ideas. Right? Those individuals do exist, um, but to turn that initial spark or initial kind of vague idea into a real innovation, it takes the right uh, team. Okay, and in fact, that's one thing on the startup that I constantly highlight over and over again to to the to the team is that uh, you know it. Um, uh, Nobody, uh, you know, uh, nobody uh, by themselves is going to be able to take the company, including myself. Right? If you if you bring my team members online, they'll tell you the same thing. I keep telling them that, you know, I cannot take the company where it needs to go by myself. You know, it's going to take all of us and more. Right? And so, when I was in my previous life, you have a lot of ego, right? In the world of academic, in particular, yeah, you know, you got a good bit of ego. In industry, it's less, but there's still a lot of NIH syndrome. In case you haven't heard that acronym before, it's not invented here syndrome, right? Um, and so, industry does have some of that, um, you know, where they think, you know, they they have the resources, they have the team to be able to do everything themselves, and that and and that's obviously not uh, the case either. And so, you know, I've been successful by, by you know, kind of going, going over basically, I, I've been always after big problems, right? So that's one thing that motivates people uh, that to where early enough, everyone realizes they can't solve the whole problem themselves. So they have to play nice with, every, with you know, and, uh, and, um, and, the, um, and then the other thing I try to emphasize is that once, it, once you form a team, uh, you know, uh, you know, you need to forget your badge. You know what your day job is, right? You, you know, you become part of this this team, and and um, the success and the failure really it belongs to everybody at that point. And it doesn't matter whether you're doing five percent of the job or fifty percent of the job. Nobody really cares at the end of the day, right? If you're successful, the whole team is successful, and if you're not successful, it reflects on everybody as well, right? So, um, you know, it's. It's those kind of uh, things that you have to establish early on is, 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 you know, that there's room for everyone. 
you know, and, 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 you know, check your badge and your ego outside the, you know, the conference room. That's kind of, you know, um, uh, some things that, uh, that not only do I, do I preach, but I actually practice. And, and, um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, um, Archelite technology really got where it got because I collaborated with, uh, uh, you know, multiple entities. You know, it, uh, we, we, we couldn't have done that all within the Hopkins team. Uh, so, so, uh, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of, of that uh, model. And, um, and I think it could even be more effective in industry if, if, you know, if, if companies kind of uh, play nicer together, you know, and I'm hoping to implement that model again within, uh, you know, Akali as a business versus what I was doing before, you know, you know, doing research and what have you. Right. And, you know, with, um, our region being, recently designated as a entrepreneurship hub, um, the force function between Syracuse, Rochester and Buffalo. Like I think um, I've been here for 20 years and it, it seems that of all the times that I've been here as a professional, the level of incentive for high level collaboration has never been better. And I think leaders, you know, that we continue to practice and, and kind of make relationships with early adopters and, and kind of hope that continues to explode with as so many um, as an innovator with several successes, I really would be interested into your approach to innovation. Um, did you create any methodology in terms of how you solve a big problem that you could share with our listeners? Sure. Yeah, I do. I do. Actually, I'm a, I'm a big believer in a few things that I think are extremely important in um in uh, in in driving real innovation, uh, one is what I highlighted earlier is to build the team spirit, right? Uh, you know, making you know, allowing people to uh, you know take ownership, but also give them the opportunity to to contribute, right? Um, that the, the you know, the world I actually believe it or not uh, is built on a top down model, you know, mm-hmm. where you know. Managers act, and 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 employees feel that you know managers are the smartest. You know they know everything. You know I I, I gotta just right, and and that's a that's not the model that I uh, you know that I believe in. Uh, a distributed intelligence is really how the, the nature is is very efficient, right? You you distribute intelligence across multiple functions, and um, and so so I think you know. Uh, that's one culture I try to you know, implement, but again, it's hard because everybody has been trained and lived. You know, like when you're in in in, in uh, college, you listen to your professors, right? You think they know everything and all of that, so you you know you go join a job and then you start listening to your supervisor. Uh, very few people actually, you know, uh, buck the trend. You know, where they start questioning things, right? And and I encourage my team to do that all the time. You know. Uh, and and I don't take anything personal, so you know anyone is welcome to come and tell me you know that my baby is ugly at any given time, and in fact it, they're encouraged, right? So that that's one aspect that that is necessary in order for uh, innovation to flourish, because as I consistently say, you know nobody has a monopoly on good ideas. I may have ninety percent of the good idea, but I'm still missing ten percent, and unless I find that ten percent, I'm not going anywhere. Right, so that ten percent may come from one, two, three other people on my team, right? And the same goes the other way around. You know, one of my team members may have 
the majority of a good idea, but he's still missing pieces. And then he comes to others and then they fill in the blank, right? So I've seen that in action all the time. And, and I be, I'm a big believer in it. The other tool that I use religiously, and I think it is extremely effective, is brainstorming, okay? Now, everybody hears the word brainstorming, but there are golden rules. If you don't, if you don't practice the golden rules, brainstorming becomes just another nice exercise to check off the box, right? I believe it's a real exercise. It's very important for, for solving you know, real problems and for being you know, ultimately converging on innovation. And, uh, and so, uh, so brainstorming in my mind is extremely, extremely important. And, and uh, anyone in the listener side who would like to learn about my version of brainstorming, I'm more than happy to, um, to, to share. It's very simple, but it's actually a very effective. Uh, so at the end of the day, really, is what you want is all the brain cells to be firing, you know, at at you know at at maximum, right, and and feeding into the objectives. Uh, that, that you know, if you want people to, you know, if the people if the people are distracted by anything else, they're just going to contribute less, and you're likely not to get a hundred percent of of what you want. You know, that's kind of a wow. at a high level, uh, uh, you know, my thinking and my approach. Wow. A couple things before we move on. Um, so the the four um, the, the kind of the ver- a verb approached leadership I hear build a team, distribute intelligence, interrogate reality, and brainstorm. Although as I'm spelling it here, it's B R A I N capital S T O R M. Um, and I, you know, again, I like well, the. I, I want to let me let me clarify. I, I didn't say distributions intelligence. The intelligence is already distributed, ah, right? Okay. It, it's 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 allowing it to really flourish and 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 contribute, right? You have personalities that are different across your team members, right? So you mm-hmm. have to learn quickly what what's inhibiting them, right? And then try to kind of allow that to, you know, and it's a. It's a balancing act, right? So in my previous life, you know, I wore a professor hat, I wore a mentor hat for, you know, for my, um, you know, some of my colleagues and 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 what have you, right? As a CEO of an of a small startup, you know, where survival every day is important, right? Uh, you know, it's been harder, right, to take the time and energy uh, to uh, to provide the team members as much of my, you know, of my time as needed. So that's the balancing act, right, between a st- small startup and everything else that I've lived in in the past. So it's a, it's a relatively new environment for me, and I'm trying, to, you know, to learn. Okay, um, I'm going to try it again. That build a team, respect distributed intelligence, interrogate reality, and brainstorm. Um, there is um, another colleague respect in respect and, and, and encourage. Really, I mean, you know, <laughs> you, you know, you should, let let everybody know that they have just as good of an idea potentially as everyone else. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I think, I mean, obviously I I love, it almost seems like I'd love to be in an environment where you were facilitating the brainstorming because I feel like it's more of an experiential learn than a cognitive one, simply because I'm cognitively missing every time I fire. (laughs) But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, you're welcome. The, when we, when, uh, you know, uh, we do those uh, often enough in in our company, not not as often as we should, but yeah. uh, but that uh, you know I'm I'm you know maybe we'll do a live session of a of a you know of a brainstorming because I I used to teach my students that um, as well, and uh, so one of my lectures was literally focused on brainstorming, uh, 
it um uh, but it's something that you have to practice right it it is it doesn't uh, happen naturally because our biases you know we've we've been growing up for years and and that's the good and the bad thing about the human brain you know we have a lot of muscle memory in our brain right yeah and and so if you've learned bad habits for many years one lecture and one semester and two semesters are definitely not enough to weed out that that um and so I still work on myself actually you know I I you know I pick up th- things in myself I'm that man you know I I still have that bad habit. So, um, uh, so brainstorming is, is like learning math and science in my mind. It, it's uh, it's enabling, uh, you know, uh, uh, a function that uh, that um, is extremely. Because I I go back and anything that I consider to be innovative that I had worked on uh, has definitely come from, you know, different events and and different discussions and. And, 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 you know, and, and, uh, so, um, you know, that's why I'm a big believer in it. Well, I think, I think that's just it. The, um, the, like words don't do much, but it's like your belief system. It's the particle wave thing, right? Is that like your belief about what's possible with your team makes it an extraordinary team. Um, and anyway, I think we, we will definitely come back to that, which is great. Um, I really would like, um, Ethical implications of advanced technology, right? Because as te- technology rapidly advances, ethical considerations become more critical. And I'm wondering what ethical principles or frameworks guide your work in pushing the boundaries of technological innovation, especially because you are um, augmenting human capability and are, you know, even point out that the velocity of human cognition is just not at the same speed. So, you know, how do you talk about ethics what is your perspective about um, ethics, especially in fields like AI, machine learning, and autonomous systems? Yeah, no, I mean it's a it's a very good question. I think about it all the time, uh, and uh, in fact, that was something I asked myself all the time because mo- I spent most of my uh, adult life in uh, in working defense, right? So until a few years ago, I was working on and 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 in many cases, I was working on weapons, right? So uh, it um, uh, it, but um, it really always comes down to at the end of the day, uh, any technology, anything that that we have today, right, uh, is um, can be used for good or bad, right? And and we cannot do anything to prevent that outcome because at the end of the day, evil is is caused by humans, right? It's it's not like the machine by itself is going to do. So I would be. I would be opposed to ever allowing, uh, you know, full autonomy, um, and even if there is a remote possibility of uh, the machine causing, you know, injuries and, and damage. Okay, so so I think full autonomy is only justified in my mind when you can guarantee a hundred percent that it's not going to do something bad. Okay, so that's my rule. Okay, that you know, even though I've been working in this space since the early nineties. I would not turn anything into uh, fully autonomous systems unless I'm 100% convinced um, that it will never do a bad thing, right? And it 99.9% is not enough for me. And um, and so at the end of the day, it comes down to humans, right? Um, uh, making the right decisions or the wrong decisions. I compare that to really to the justice system. Like I prefer uh, thousands of people who are actually guilty going free 
than a single innocent person going to jail by mistake, right? Uh, so the the bar is in my mind is much higher on on uh, in, in in that direction. So, and the same goes to really uh, AI and and uh, and and you know autonomy and and where we're headed. Uh, I, I I would rather see a hundred percent you know uh, solutions that a hundred percent accurate solutions before we eliminate the humans. And uh, but at the end of the day, again, the humans are going to do more damage than any machines that I know of. Anyway. Is there um, the last question I have? I ask everyone. Um, we believe in uh, circle optics that readers are leaders. Is there a particular book that you recommend to your team, or that has been deeply influential for you as a young leader emerging to have such impact that you have today? Another good question. I could tell you I've read uh, a good number of books. Uh, I, my encouragement to each one uh, is to write your own book. Mm. That that's really what I what what I tell everyone because my 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 experience on this venture has been uh, unique and and has really uh, forced me to write my own book. So uh, there are many books out there that can be inspirational that have you know good lessons learned, but at the end of the day, you know I would encourage you to write your own book. On your own book, what would the title be, or what is the title of your own book? A lifelong learning. <laughs> uh, that, uh, that uh, the best, really, and the most enjoyable thing I do personally is to learn. It doesn't matter what the actual action is. As long as I feel like I'm learning something new, that's the one thing that I enjoy the most. That's and, wonderful. And so that, 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 would be, that, would be, um, that would be my advice to everybody, you know. If you focus on learning, if you're a college student, the grades will follow. If you are an entrepreneur, success will follow. If you're, uh, you know, anything, if you're a parent, Successes, you know, will follow. Just constantly learn. Don't ever convince yourself that you know all the answers that you have reached, you know, that you plateaued, you know. Uh, I, the, um, my late father used to always uh, push back against me and tell me, look, I'm 60 years old. I've been doing this for 60 years. You're going to change me at this point? And I used to say something that may come across as rude, but I actually truly believe in. I used to tell him that... Um, if you don't want to, if you want to stop learning, you may as well die. What would, what would be the point of living at that point, you know? And, and, and that's literally what I believe, you know? So. You have been listening to Lifelong Learning from a lifelong learner, Dr. Charbel Rizik, um, founder, CEO, and CTO of Oculi, friend of Luminate, friend of Circle Optics. We'd like to thank the Institute of Optics, Genius New York, Luminate Accelerator, AFWorks, Cider Technologies, Archangel Imaging, and AUVSI. Special mention to our producer, Scott Fitzgerald, at RockVox Studios in the heart of optics here in Rochester, New York. By all means, I hope you subscribe to our program, 360 Pulse. Find us on X and LinkedIn. We're very interested in how immersed technology positively impacts safety and human connection. And if you have a story or someone we should feature, please email me at jennifer at circleoptics.com. Thank you for joining us. 